Hello, I'm AG. And I'm Leah. And this is. What are you on about? This is a show about water. We're gonna un- unravel all the mysteries around the water behind the bill. We are the water. Mythbusters. This is just about having fun. Hi, Anas. Oh, hello, Leah. How are you going today? Yeah, it's surviving. a nice day outside. Yeah. So. All right. That's good. Yeah, it's really nice. So the spring is coming in west, to Western Australia slowly. Has been quite a wet year. Today we're going to be talking about some things that are really, I think, uh, fundamental to all the business of environmental, um, you know, outcomes or wastewater or water or general heritage. But before we start, I'm going to talk to you about my inspiration of the day. You know that song that goes something like, Stop collaborating. Collab- no, no, what does it say? Let me say it again. Stop collaborating. Listen. Doom, 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 doom. Do you know the song? Of course I know the song. What it's is it? Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Oh, that's, a, that's such an inspiration. And... You know, I know the lyrics, you know. I mean, he was be... a one-hit wonder, but I'm glad it was that one. <laughs> no, it's really good. I mean, like, I think, I, I do believe that Vanilla Eyes actually released yeah. other songs afterwards, but they were but, yeah. they were terrible. Nobody knows about them. No. But, but listen, I think for me, that was like, I was thinking about this episode, and I was thinking about uh, talking about the role and the importance of legislation in environmental policy, if you will. And, and then uh, as I was listening to the song, I was like, hold on, that's actually what we should be doing. We should stop and we should collaborate and we should listen. Because I have some really strong views about how this whole issue of legislation is, is, is happening. Can I, can I just say though? Yeah. I think you discovered that song last year. I did. And I, did. I think I was the one that introduced it to oh, you. Oh, no, you for full credit to you. <laughs> you always introduce me to this cool thing. But but you know, you know something with me is that sometimes I discover something and I also rediscover it. So rediscovery is a good thing. No, no, no. And as well. discovers things yeah. that I may have introduced to him yeah. along the years, but then a couple of years down the track, he will have forgotten that yeah. I was the one that actually introduced Correct. him to it and he'll take credit for yeah. it. No, I'll come and brag to you about what I discovered. Discovered. <laughs> that's that's typical, isn't it? All right. Well, okay. You're, you know, well, like on that side, no legislation today. So what legislation. about legislation? Well, legislation. I mean, le- let us just uh, focus on our our business of water and wastewater is, uh, uh, if you will, a controlled, um, you know, regulated, highly regulated, highly regulated uh, system, and 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 good reasons. Good reasons because there's human. Uh, um, um, health yeah there's human health uh, considerations <laughs> there and it is public safety so the the first premise for any company that um, you know distributes water or sells water or anything that you know goes in people's stomachs is to be safe so you know you want you you don't want to be uh, you know delivering water to people's houses that is not safe. So that's number one. That's why you need to regulate it. You need to understand it. You need to, you know, so, deal with it. So would you say that legislation is certainly like, in, in particular, stringent legislation or regulation? Yeah. 
are a thing that you would normally find more in what we would class as first world countries? Yeah, I, I mean, yes and no, but I, you know, let me just give you a little bit of, I, I think the first thing that we need to do, there's lots of jargon here, and you, you know, you didn't even police the jargon that we're using today. What legislation? Uh, well, legislation, regulation, rules, codes, uh, you know, guidelines, enforceable guidelines, non-enforceable guidelines, state guidelines, uh, you know, commonwealth, uh, you know, what is it? It's all confusing, isn't it? What, what? does, who does what? So... You know, what is the difference between regulation and, and, and law? I think a regulation is... Or th so they, they sometimes call them subsidiary legislations yeah so in in other words what you do is you you have essentially there's various formats and governance systems but you know let's say for the sake of argument there's a government that government drafts up some some sort of legislation puts it to parliament it gets voted in supposedly and then it becomes law so then what then it's enforceable you know, ha, that's a, that's a really good question. Let me just strike back. It wasn't and go a question, like, it was a statement. It was a statement. <laughs> but the question is, uh, it becomes enforceable, but in practical terms, it's not there yet. No, I yeah. mean, we can say it's enforceable by the law, but actually policing it is a problem. It's a problem, but what do you want to police? Now, you're starting to go like, we want to police something. So I'll give you an example. It's a... There is there is a, there is legislation at the higher level that basically. Um, what do you say? What do you mean higher level? At the high at parliament level, so par, par, at do law, you, do the you, law. Do you yeah. do you mean state parliament? Do you yeah. mean federal parliament? You know, both of them are you know right because they have different authorities and different responsibilities. But let let's say for for traffic, everyone drives a car. Yeah, yeah. So everyone drives a car. There's a code of conduct, right? where people like when you drive a car you learn how to drive a car first and then you have some rules and specific rules I don't know. and if you break <laughs> no sometimes it's questionable some, sometimes it's hard to tell it's, whether it's hard to actually tell. learn how to drive or not i know also also as to whether they know yeah. about the code of conduct <laughs> i know but the point here is that if you have a red light you know you need to stop if you don't stop you get fined boom so that's as simple as that. Let's take that. You get fined if yeah. it's policed. Yeah, if it's policed, of but course. But if it's not policed and you, you drive just, through a red yeah. light, well, yeah. you know, you got you got well, lucky. The, yeah, these days there are cameras. That's a good. Let's actually keep that thought. So, so we we go now to the area of water. So there is some constituent in water, whether it's in drinking water or wastewater, and the legislation says that constituent should not be in that water at a level higher than x say one microgram per so something. for example like mm. if we want to think about the constituents we talked about this yeah. is like a lot of them are nutrients yeah. like nitrogen and phosphorus and phosphorus yeah. um in particular as well e coli which yeah. is a bacteria that they usually use as kind of like an indicator yeah of fecal material of, of fecal material mm. and the amount of treatment yeah um, what else do they normally have? Well, there's hundreds of things, but yeah. those three, those examples that you... So say we have a legislation to protect people's health, so that's a human, that's a public health uh, act that is passed in parliament. And then from there, we basically draw some guidelines. 
and those guidelines are enforceable so you say then who is whoever is actually uh, producing water for public use or selling water to the public like water authorities or water utilities or private companies in some cases uh, we say to them your water should contain no less than X no more than X of certain constituent now there is like 300 constituents what do you do do you go every day and you collect samples and you measure every day no no you make them sign a, a permit you give them a permit and that permit stipulates what they need to do and then occasionally you will check them or you will put it on to them to provide evidence that they are actually doing Comply. the right uh, compliance. So that's what this issue of compliance. That's why water costs lots of money because there's a lot of compliance that needs to happen and lots of measurement. Now, this is all to say that this is a very complex business, isn't it? I think I think you would find that in terms of drinking and wastewater treatment that yeah. a lot of the time is spent on making sure that you're complying to guidelines and regulations. Yes. I think I think in there is an there is as much out there are much yeah <laughs> there are as many hours spent on legislation as there are on on actually treating. I yeah, would say. absolutely. I would say that that's the small portion or small amount of of, of money, if you will, uh, gets spent on production of water. In some cases, not even much because if the source is, I've been to places like Canada and Switzerland and other places. Uh, where the lakes, the source of the water is suitable for drinking water at the source. No treatment required. Of course, these are exceptional situations. Still? Because, yeah, yeah, still. Like, oh, I you mean, can like, go... Bear in mind you haven't lived in Canada for, what, oh, 17 years? Oh, of course, but, years, uh, you know, but... this is like not rocket science. It's, 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 it's both, it's both uh, environmental history and geology. So I'll, I'll explain it to you in a simple way, but people can, like, picture the northern hemisphere and pictures areas uh, that include Canada and include Scandinavian countries. So during the glacier period, that's it, like the whole place was ice, right? Yeah. But the retreat of the ice created this shield, basically, geologically speaking, uh, what the retreat of the, of the glacier after the glacial uh, age, what happened was that it scrapped, removed, swept, vacuumed. If you if you want scrapped, to scrapped, you mean scraped? Scraped, scraped, uh, all the sediments and everything. So what happens is that you had rock. So if you go to the the the, the Canadian Shield, these are essentially rock, old granite rock sitting there with lakes on it. So that's a perfect situation for the water to be absolutely clear clean especially if it's a headwater lake it has no it's not downstream from another lake so if it's a headwater lake it will have perfect so i know so many people in canada that basically have cottages and houses in in uh, in lake districts where they could just put the pipe directly into the intake into the lake and straight into drinking water clean water with phosphate at 0.000, 000 as clean as the indian ocean 
if you were here. People who know the Indian Ocean know that Indian Ocean is like crystal clear. It's beautiful. But it's salty. But it's salty. But I'm talking about like productivity. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about some places. You can have water that is pure. There's nothing to it. Well, pure. We're not going to talk about that pure again. But not that pure, but pure. Okay. So, cost of production usually, usually not very high. Then you have to transport, then you have to regulate and legislate and comply and test and subtest and multiple tests and monthly tests and quarterly tests and yearly tests and oh, huge amounts of testing goes in and oh, all yeah. of these are expensive stuff. So, you know, this is all about compliance. You I know. mean, to give you an example, here in Perth, mm. um, the local water utility decided to do a trial of um, advanced, I think, I suppose, water recycling. So yep. basically taking the water from a wastewater treatment plant and yep. then running it through reverse osmosis. And treating it to drinking water standard. It is, it is actually drinking water standard, but yep. here in Perth, uh, the general population has yep. a bit of an aversion yep. to the idea of drinking uh, completely recycled wastewater directly. We're working on it. We're working on yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're really working <laughs> on it. The news media about seven years ago did not do us any favours. Yeah. Um, we're coming so to the party now. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, anyway, that's beside the point. So my story is here is that they, when they were starting to do this, so here they now injected into the groundwater yeah. aquifer. So we we draw a lot of our water from groundwater in Perth, yeah. so we're injecting that back. So what are we doing? We're just re replenishing. Yeah, it's called groundwater replenishment. Right. But in the first period of this, so in the trial period, if you will, of this plant, the water utility here had to test every day, I think for a suite of about 100. I know. Uh, constituents, yeah. including pharmaceuticals, everything, nutrients, everything. You need to prove. You need to prove that everything that you're injecting in the ground, with the with the possibility of uh, basically uh, pumping it up for use, maybe thirty years down the track, yeah, maybe twenty, really, maybe yeah. ten. We don't care. But before you inject it in the ground, you had to prove that you have none of all these constituents. Now, if if you go to a catchment and an animal poops in a, in the water and the water gets injected in the groundwater, does anyone does any testing? Probably not. No. So that's part of nature. So nature has all sorts of filters and things. That well, I mean, do. anyway, like I was saying, with yeah. this with this um, replenishment trial, mm. I think they they think I think they had to do this online testing for about a year or yeah. eighteen yeah. months. Yeah. And then they basically had to present this to the Department of Health yep. and the Department of and Environment. To get all the, yeah, uh, to yeah, get all the approvals. At the end yeah. to say, you know, we are actually treating it really well. We're, yep. not in, we're not releasing anything that people are worried about. Yeah. So then the authorities that regulate that, which are, as I said, Department yeah. of Health. And Department of Environmental Regulation. regulation mm -hmm. Which now is Water and Environmental mm. Regulation. Yeah. Um, said yes, that's fine. Mm. So they will still have to do routine testing yeah. and monitoring, yeah. which is a, I guess, an ongoing cost. It is an ongoing cost. The but but is it the cost? Let me just ask you this broad question: Is it a cost 
to make people more comfortable with with alternative sources of water or is it really required what how do you feel about it and be honest about it um i mean i definitely think there is a place for con like consistent monitoring of water because mm. i think first and foremost we want to make sure that what we are doing with it is right for yeah. the people um, that being said, I think some regulations uh, inhibit some kinds of activity. Yeah. So in terms of reuse... Why? Because they were written a long time ago or something. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of... Some of these things are written a long time ago. In, in the case of, like, a lot of these regulations and acts, they're maybe not updated for perhaps for 20 to 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know... In that time, science can evolve, evolve quite a lot. Yeah. And in, uh, but, but both, both one way or the other, because there are things that we thought were really bad and turn out that they are not that bad. And there are things that we thought were not bad and turn out it's actually quite bad. Oh, you bad. know, there's things we didn't even know about. So yeah. an example that we've brought up before, I think, is PFAS, yeah. like perfluoro also known as uh, firefighting. Fire, 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 fire I can't even do the chemical Perfluoroalkyl substances. Or and also known as firefighting phones. Or, you know, it's in the, it's kind of like used as a fabric dressing. So, you know, yeah. when you get new clothes, there's that feel, yeah, that's, that's a PFAS, a PFAS. Uh, non-stick coating, yeah, or like, PFAS. or like, um, you know, uh, but like burger wrappers, you yeah. know, like that grease-proof paper that's you get from right. fast food all, stores. All that, yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think, well, as I was saying, I think regulations have their place, but yeah. at the same time, because their up their timeline for update mm. is so long. I mean, yeah. for example, the West Australian Environmental Protection Act yeah. is from 1986. With some updates. With some I mean, updates yeah, they they do the they do update them along the way, yeah. but there are no, I suppose, wholesale changes for like perhaps no. 30 to 40 years. That's correct. In some cases. I mean, this one's but, 34 years yeah, old. But, but, but broadly speaking, it's an act that provides, and I'm reading off of it, it's an act that provides for an environmental protection authority for the prevention, control, and abatement of pollution and environmental harm, for the conservation, preservation, protection, enhancement, and management of the environment, and for matters incidental to or connected with the foregoing. Now, when you hear this, you think about it, it it's quite encompassing. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is. It's abatement, by the abatement. way. Abatement. No, other people say abatement, too. There's an E there. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't matter. You'll it's you'll find tomato. out, loyal see, listeners, that yeah. Anas tends to mispronounce quite a few words. That's all right. <laughs> but uh, but uh, tomato, you said tomato, I say tomato, tomato. Data, you, you, data. You definitely say tomato. Don't yeah, lie. I do. I do. Uh, so th the point here, and I think that's really the beauty of all these acts, is that they have to be encompassing and they have to be far-reaching and they have to be uh, um, uh, current. And you ride them for a long period of time. The the responsibility here is on the people who regulate or 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 maintain the regulation, the professionals, the sectors, to actually ensure the interpretation of these acts are correct. 
which and can be probably, difficult which can be very complex that's here when it becomes technical when we're talking about discharge or number of elements some some of them it's really even hard to quantify yeah. because the chemistry of quantifying things that go into water sometimes can be quite complicated so that makes it a really that's why i you know i want us to stop and start thinking about the future of regulation and legislation when it comes to everything that we're talking about that is really important to people which is the environment heritage cultural things i personally have been recently quite triggered by the incident where a big mining company uh, basically blew a site that was 46,000 years old. Yeah, so now our infamous story in Western Australia. Yeah. Uh, large mining company. Yeah. We, we shall not name the night no. mining company, but... I mean, it's not. We're not taking any... Yeah, I mean, yet. it's it's Dukan Gorge that has, you know, had 46,000 years of history. Of cultural evidence. And, it's not, and you know. And, it, and it's you know, like highly culturally significant. Yeah. And there's this really outdated act yep. um, in West Australian legislation yep. that relates to... Um, that essentially failed to protect that site. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's actually said that it was okay. Yeah, I know. Um, see, see, the problem yeah. here, and we have a government who uh, uh, can you know in their wisdom stand in front of the media and say um you know the the act was uh, uh outdated well of course I mean, it was outdated but if you don't if you're not looking at it yeah but it was the role of the government is to make it up to date yeah, that's no. the whole point that's the part of the role of the government now i'm not saying it's only the role of the government because that's where i'm coming with this this is the whole idea about stop collaborate and listen is that because the matters can be complex the legislator can legislate but w you don't know what you don't know so you have to leave some room for that but what's the responsibility of the companies of the public of all the sectors whether it's a mining sector is to be actually a step ahead oh, yeah, of the sure. legislation we're not talking about just compliance because compliance doesn't really ensure that we have proper protection. I mean, I think I think you'll find that individual companies themselves mm. set themselves higher standards yeah. than current regulation because they know that the regulation sometimes will will come come at come them along. eventually. Yeah. So I mean, you'll find a lot of companies now not not particularly talking about water. Mm. But, you know, the climate change debate. Mm. So a lot of private companies or publicly listed ones yeah. even have actually set their own targets yeah. for, like, emissions. Yeah. Uh, they've set their own targets for renewables or, like, yeah. you know, diversifying their, their portfolios and whatnot. Yeah. They've made that decision themselves. Yeah anticipating yep. that regulations and legislations will change into the future. Of course. Because it's easier for them to meet them now than to be caught by surprise, I Correct. suppose. So that's that's also, uh, you know, being ahead of the time, you know, make it up for things that we will learn in the future. And that's what this notion of compliance versus best practice and the gap in between yeah, no comes sure. into play so where do you want do you want to be compliant so 
In today's world where the problems are so complex, climate change, water shortage, this and that, uh, you know, being compliant doesn't cut it. You have to be at the top of your game. So I am sorry, the government failed us here in this one because they didn't have a legislation and they should stand there and say... Well, they had a legislation, well, but they, they did, but it wasn't really adequate. It. So, yeah. you know, they have to look at all the other... And the role of the legislation is to look at the role of government and people sitting in parliament is to look at those things seriously and stand before the people and say, we're sorry because this... Now, I know that on the side of the businesses and the mining company, yes, people took salary cuts or benefit cuts or whatever. Do I personally care no. that someone took a, a one million dollar no, hit four, to it their? Was, it was four point nine million dollars. Well, bonus. yeah, four point one million. I don't I even know don't if I'll freaking care. I'm not even yeah. sure I'll make four point nine million right. dollars in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah I in don't fact, care. I'm quite sure I won't. Yeah, but the point here is that they're presenting it as if oh, now people have been, uh, uh, you know, almost fined. I mean, that's not the point. The point is that I take it. I take that they came out and apologized for it. But now, is, but now is, is the good. time for the government to come in and say, okay, we, there's clearly something wrong here. We need yeah. to fix it. And we need to collaborate. That's my point. Yeah. You can't do it just the government alone or the company alone or the public alone or whatever. Or the, or the you know, the traditional owners. Owners, alone. no. Let, I mean, like, we really have to look at these things collaboratively speaking. And if, if the law and the legislation and the acts in place and the... Uh, the uh, the guidelines don't cut it we should be honest and say well no that's that's not enough that's not good enough that's really the point here so the future so do you do complicated legislation and spend your time you know trying to come up with something that you don't know what the future is going to come up with or develop legislation but also collaborative approaches where people work together to achieve much better outcome than just the compliance that's really my rant today i so mean like really this is this is really um you know linking back to our episode where we talked to uh dr danny barrington yeah you know the compliance thing and then it's also the sidekick manifesto yeah that's the one yeah you know I love that show yeah yeah like Sorry. you know <laughs> we're we're trying to get the right people into the room here yeah. to discuss things like mm, to make some changes to make some changes and to make something that works for everyone but yeah. i think in terms of legislation as well it has to be something that can be administered or yeah. policed yeah. in some kind of way but the best policing the best thing the best way of policing is the one that doesn't require policing let me give you an example you know we check check po policing there's hardcore policing uh all right and then there is collaborative community engagement education policing a research showed that the the second one that I talked about, which is engaging with the community, finding solutions in the community about crime and all of that, ensures a much better outcome than the hardcore police. Oh yeah, of course, because yeah. you have you have like a more consultative process. You have yeah. more uptake because yeah. people feel like they have ownership of what they've come up they're with. They're part of the solution. Well, they're part of the process as well. Yeah, yeah, like, not absolutely. just part of the solution, they're part of the process. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have these, you know, regulations come yeah. in and some of them we don't even know why they're there. Yeah. 
I mean, to give you an example, we have a legislation in Australia that governs uh, greenhouse gas accounting. Yeah. Give me an example. So, having looked at this previously, you know, that I work with wastewater ponds, mm -hmm. there is nowhere in this legislation that, or accounting guideline, I suppose, that accounts for treatment from ponds, mm. unless they're more than two metres deep which is most of the time not the case. And then if you look the, into those further, they've come up with calculations for other things. Mm. This is like generally in the document yeah. that rely on factors that we can't actually find where the numbers came from. That's right. So you don't know where those quantifications are. No, uh, uh, you, know, you know, like even parameters like going, going back as far as like UN documents, yeah. like United Nations, yeah. United, yeah, United yeah. Nations documents and, and stuff like that, or like World Health Organization ones or, you yeah. know, So they everywhere. are essentially not applicable. And if they are not applicable, they're not useful. Yeah, no, they're yeah. not useful. So, yeah. I mean, we're not, not like regulation and legislation is certainly useful but i'm not saying that all of them are useful no they are, most of them are not adequate or not representative or, or just, some of them yeah. are the opposite yeah. they are restrictive yeah and in fact risk averse it's like reactive so yeah. something something bad happens and then we go like we need tougher rules that's the that's the na uh, human response to it right yeah but then there's also a lack of i suppose not flexibility, I would say, but I think some sometimes you word them wrongly, yeah. wrong, yeah, and absolutely. then they become they become very restrictive, and they will have an in, unintended consequences yeah. that can be actually worse than the problem itself. Yeah, so, I mean, like for example, in Australia, we have re, you know really strict regulations about reuse of water yep. especially if it's been recycled like mm. coming back to one before but yep. we don't really have that much regulation or that much coherent i suppose regulation on the reuse of biosolids yeah which is another big, big which topic. is a which another which is one of the other parts of wastewater treatment mm. is the you know the creation of biosolids yeah for years we've been running around going like what do we do with these biosolids yeah, because otherwise there will be piles of it and piles of it and we won't know how to deal with well, it well there are the piles and piles of there it. are so it's stockpiled in some places but but this is really really an interesting i think conversation especially in a in a world where we are you know in COVID times and future in post-COVID time we really have to look at a collaborative approach to everything that deals with these issues of the environment because these are like the commons things that belong to everyone and we need to protect them we know we can't rely on some outdated legislation and problems happen and we stand and say oh sorry the the sorry we're not sorry because the legislation is outdated uh, but in fact, we should say, sorry, I didn't do my job. And I, I, we should make the legislation up to date. And we should work together to ensure that, you know, it's because the standard that you walk by is the standard that you accept. So you can't really just say, well, this ticks the box and we know, but we know it's wrong and it's impacting the world, the environment and the, the people and the social fabric and whatever. So really, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just pushing for more conversations that's yeah. not hard i mean we're i suppose we're trying to 
avoid the situation that is described in the tragedy of the commons. Yeah, that's right. Have you ever read this document, Anas? Yeah, I have. What is, but you have to remind me of what so you So I guess in a nutshell, the tragedy of the commons is the commons being your shared resource that's system. That's right, yeah. It's basically where an individual acting, yeah. I suppose, independently and in their self-interest yeah. behave opposite or contrary to the common good of all users of all users by depleting or spoiling something so for example greed greed yeah greed like to greed. do with yeah, greed yeah, but yeah. you know like an example of that could be you know mining yeah um like fossil fuels it could be irresponsible mining huh? well yeah irresponsible mining it could be pollution on a yeah. massive scale yeah, it yeah. could be I mean, an Anything. oil an oil spill could count as yeah, one, it I can. suppose. But knowingly, you're doing it. You know, you do you're doing it. Overfishing. Knowingly. Overfishing, big one, yeah. So you know those kinds yeah. of things. You know, yeah. like yeah. It's, it's deforestation. Every, all of these big issues. Like these are things that are actually, in some respects, hard to legislate and yeah. hard to regulate. Yeah. Um, we try. Yeah. Absolutely. But you know. We, we, we need people, we need more conversations, we need more because you can't have, because there's the Water Act and there's this Environmental Act and there's the, uh, you know, the, 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 the government, the federal government, um, you know, protection like Conservation Act. I mean, yeah, and this um, is just in Australia. I mean, depending yeah. on where you are, this is different everywhere. Well, lots of people say, oh, I want some legislations that have teeth, you know, this, th this term, like, you know, there's some legislation with that that's teethless. You know? Like, what's the word? Like, that doesn't have teeth. Like, to catch to catch people, you know. And I go like, is it really? Because tough regulation doesn't guarantee good outcome. We are in a in a time where we need to guarantee much better outcome. It cannot be delivered just by adequate regulation or tougher rules or whatever. It has to be delivered through collaboration. Yes, regulation rules, but flexibility, adaptability, agility, because you know there are areas that are highly protected that should receive no discharge of anything, but there are other areas that could be fine. Yeah, you know, in a I way, mean, I was gonna say like, if you have really rigid um, rules around things. Yeah. People often try and find creative ways to get to around break them. them. You know, just work. It's just like you put hurdles in front of people; they'll jump them. Yeah. But if you have a conversation about the best outcome and be reasonable, and you know, so uh, it's not one side against the other. It's all working together. sometimes the environmental movements I go like you guys are just like you're not really helping the environment because activism sometimes takes it to an extreme and greed also take it to uh, another I, extreme. I would say the problem with activism like I, I think that there is a time and place for it but yep. I think that particularly if you had an activist at the table you can't really have a balanced conversation you need, you need to realise that you are one opinion mm. uh, there is possibly the opposite opinion as well and mm. I and I think like you you have to come together and and some come to some kind of compromise yep. or at least 
just listen to the song yeah like listen to that song collaborate stop collaborate and and uh, what is it again ice baby Ice, like, ice baby. I ice, mean, like ice, honestly, baby. I think I think if legislators uh, find some inspiration in Ice Ice Baby, it will probably be Vanilla Ice's next uh, big hit. Yeah, I know that will be <laughs> really good because you know, again, people need to be relaxed and just have conversations about how to make the world a better place for everybody. I think that's the point. Yeah. So don't just leave it to the government to police. You know, you, you know, you can police your own activity, yeah, your and, own actions. and I was going to say, the public as well yeah. can also submit for changes to be made. Of course. Um, yeah. And make submissions. And make, make submissions, and in fact, some some amendments come from submissions public, from yeah, the public. Public hearings and and things like that. But we do we do have only public hearing when there is an issue, and I will go like when you are uh, when you have an issue. Uh, you know you're already under pressure because you know people are emotional whatever you we need to start thinking about those things outside pressure to to be able to come up with solutions that will be collaborative that will be long-term that will be you know so let's just break this short-termism and greed because I really honestly I work with lots of business people and I don't see greed I see people wanting to do the right thing but sometimes the you know the guidelines and the frameworks fail them because you yeah. know the, the bar is too low or they don't let them really yeah the bar is really too low in some areas and some areas is too high so what what do you do like how do you get it right I think that's a really really so again the science the technology I think it's the easiest part because you can treat water you understand what's in it but to convey the message on what's important, what's urgent, how can we do it? Oh, like navi in the best navigating way. the maze of rules, regulations, yeah. and, and yeah. codes, it's I think, is is way more difficult in in delivering a, a product than 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 cleaning water than actually doing it than um, doing the science of it. So absolutely. So what what what's the take home message? Simpler things, more collaborative regulation, yeah, more understanding, more communication, more focused on the outcome rather than on, on policing because policing is just not right because I mean yeah, I mean like if, right if you think about it if you thing. think about it practically uh -huh. no water utility that's treating wastewater yeah. is just targeting the guideline no no they're trying to be better than that of course I mean they want to be better than that mm. because they know that the guideline might change in the future exactly and and you also want to be ahead of the game and you want to actually maybe recover resources so you don't have to discharge yeah. them uh, having said that if you do something um, you know wrong and and whatever if you break your your license or rules or whatever you get fined it's not it's not a huge amount but it just shows that you know there's some consequences uh, there are areas where I think we should have more uh, you know, there are elements that are regulated, but to, no no one is measuring them. No one is reporting them. Cyanobacteria so, so, is an example. Yeah, Toxins I'll, coming out of cyanobacteria. I was going to say, there's an interesting story about microplastics. Yeah, that's right. So, to give, you, to give you this, I think it was a couple of years ago, yeah. maybe three years ago, a wastewater treatment plant uh, in southern Victoria mm -hmm. um, 
had a massive influx of microplastics come into their Didn't plant. know where it was coming from. They, they had no the, idea. Well, actually, they didn't even know it was there That's right. until it was released. So they had all these nurdles. So nurdles are these pellets yeah. of uh, plastic. Basically, before you make them into something useful, they, they yeah. come in nurdle form. They yeah. look like little you pellets. Make, you can make a, a bottle out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what happened was... An unknown How big the palate is? How, uh, it's like a, a lentil. Yeah, Do like a lentil. Do people know what lentil is? No. Well, lentils yeah. are like a size of a pea, maybe? Yeah, a pea, a pea. How about a pea? A pea. Yeah, a pea. Like, they're, they're that Small size. So pea. they had a massive uh, dose of these come through the treatment mm. plant. Now, wastewater treatment in a mechanised, relatively conventional plant takes 8 to 12 hours. Mm. So this massive influx of nurdles came in. They don't know Are we know talking massive, like... Uh, millions of them yeah millions of them like you yeah. don't you don't need to have a lot of them to have a million like yeah. so they obviously went through the wastewater treatment process and weren't removed because they're too small to be caught by a screen mm -hmm. uh, but then also float so they're not likely to be removed by anything else that's what you're suggesting that basically in treatment process there's a phase or step it's called screening, so any big particles get yeah. essentially sieved out of yeah but nurdles don't get mm -hmm. um sieved out so then basically what happened is that these nurdles went through the wastewater treatment plant i mean the water was fine but the problem was there was all these nurdles in them and they didn't realize that these nurdles had actually been released until they released in the ocean outfall mm. so the next i think the next couple of weeks after this happened there were a whole pile of nurdles being washed up on the beach mm. Um, you can look it up. This is... Um, and nobody knew where they were coming from. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. No one knew they were coming from. And they worked out that they came from the wastewater treatment plant. Mm -hmm. And now... And then, you know, there was a massive investigation. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to um, identify the actual source of these. But mm -hmm. it brought up the question, particularly within the water industry in Australia, is are they the ones responsible for the removal of microplastics from water. Because they're not responsible for the, you know, pro for creating the problem no. in the first place. So they they're just receiving end of it. Yeah, so they're at the receiving end of this and they don't expect to receive microplastics. No, it's not on the list. No. <laughs> and so the question is, is that should uh, water utilities uh, think about ways to remove microplastics or even quantify microplastics. Or in should their someone else? Or should someone else be the one yeah. that's doing it? Because at the end of the day, if the utilities do it, then that goes into the price of treating yeah, the water. Yeah, so who's paying for it? Yeah. You and I. Yeah, so the, the it's the consumer that ends up paying for anything that is essentially regulated for removal. So Correct. the more things that we have to remove from wastewater, the, the more, more it costs. Pay. Yeah, and it's going to cost even more in the future. So... So this is the question, should it be the wastewater treatment operator that is responsible for this, or should it be you? Because if you're not putting plastics down the toilet, for yeah. example, they're not making it to, a, to the plant, and that's less money on treatment. Mm -hmm. So I guess this comes back to your listen and sort of educate. Yeah, collaborate collaborate but the the education part of it or education piece is huge so I think like that's the key that's the answer to everything yes i mean like obviously education coming from an educator <laughs> yeah i mean like obviously education is is 
is key to a lot of these things but in this case it's kind of like you need to get the right people sitting around the table and having a really good conversation about this there there is a lot of talk about this in particular the other one is PFAS the one I mentioned before Mm. um pharmaceutical pharmaceuticals which are mostly lots of what you call a group of things that we call emerging constituents of concern yeah so these are these are things that we don't quite know how to regulate yet no we know that we need to do something about them yeah but we sort of have to should we go more upstream to where they're produced how they're produced who produces them and i think that's really extremely important there I think I think so I think and I think that's the only way forward in forming better regulation I think is to realize that perhaps it's not the end point that needs to deal with it yeah it's it's perhaps not the end point that should be the one that this all falls to yeah they should only be the last resort so targeted regulation yeah yeah and go up all the way upstream Hmm. if you allow something to be made then that's where the buck stops if that something is a problem then we have to review why that was permitted to be i mean made. i guess this is why trade waste has to go through different waste different streams waste stream, yeah yeah so, different kind of yeah that could be a possibility of creating different kind of waste streams the future of treating water and 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 all the environmental regulation associated with it and historical and cultural whatever i think it's an amazing vibrant new area that people need more input into and more conversation more thinking we need to just throw back those old models and old style because they're not gonna be the good for the future so i think that's 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 what we we, we, we wanted to say today. yeah I, mean, I, know, we've, like, we've I know we're a little bit tense because this is quite important it's not funny uh or anything it's not light it's a heavy and subject. we've kind of, and we've kind of jumped from between, topic to topic yeah, here. But, but because yeah well maybe maybe we can uh you know uh zoom on to something uh in the future we'll, we'll see what people tell us about this uh but anyway thanks leah and i think it was a really really nice conversation even if you were reluctant to talk about regulation but anyway i i, I think i got to talk more this time and as i i kind of realized after listening back to one of these podcasts that you uh, do actually most of the talking well you're welcome to do more talking so you know maybe you should have just one episode without me oh, how I about that i'm not as good as talk at talking to like to myself to yourself that i make you talk anyway yeah. i enjoyed it so thank you so much anyway boom remember stop collaborate and, and listen. listen listen is the big one all right thank you so much for listening thanks everyone all right boom we finished